Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Hello. Happy Thanksgiving, America. Hell yeah. Happy American Thanksgiving. I was actually just going through some of the download stats from the last couple of months. It is remarkable how big our audience in America has gotten here on After 9. Yeah, it's so cool. I'm not sure what impact uh, my recent uh, activity on TikTok (laughs) has um, added into that, but I have been speaking to uh, many Americans, particularly in the media, who all wished me a happy Thanksgiving this week because they learned for the first time this week that we don't celebrate Thanksgiving in Canada the same time as the States. Uh, but yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of people asking about the podcast. So anytime I'm doing an interview, I do uh, try to get people on board. And I know that uh, we do have mer- very many uh, American listeners we've had for years. Um, so some new ones sprinkled into the mix as well, which is great. That's good. Do you want to tell them why they're doing it wrong? Yeah, I did. I did, actually. I had a conversation with um, a couple of people from a radio show, actually, in Detroit, and we were talking about that. And they weren't aware, like I said, they weren't aware that we weren't celebrating Thanksgiving. They were like, oh, right. It was like one of those things in the back of their mind. Like, okay, yeah. So did you say Detroit? Up? Like, you can see Detroit. Canada from there, and they still they didn't rem- understand? Well, and the, the, uh, they remembered. They remembered, but it took them a minute to be like, oh, that's right. But then there was another group, and they were at least kind of had a vague recollection of this. However, I've spoken with people, no, not a clue, not a clue at all. And I actually had that conversation with them. And they were from a media outlet, mostly online documentary, mini documentary style thing. Anyway, I was like, yeah, no, we have ours in October. Like that's usually, it's, uh, yep, it's October. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, uh, What's that like? I'm like, fantastic. You should do it. You should totally do it. Because October comes and goes and it's filled with all the fall things. You know, we get to celebrate Thanksgiving. There's gourds and pumpkins and all that shit all in the mix. We have family dinner and it's far enough away from Christmas where if you see all your family get at Christmas, it's not like you feel like you just saw them, which is the case now. I mean, we are one month away from Christmas Eve. That's one month today. Mm-hmm. And then you have to trot over to your relatives once again or whatever a month out. It's too much. Now's the time to shop and think about Christmas, not about Thanksgiving. So anyway, I did. I think I convinced some people that, yeah, that makes a lot more sense that it's in October for you. I'm kind of envious. And I was like, yeah, you guys should jump on board. But I don't think it's that easy. They're not celebrating anything special. It's not like November the 24th, the pilgrims arrived in America. It's just when they decided to do it. They just didn't think it through. It's about football, I think, mostly, isn't it? Well, (laughs) I'm all about the football, though. Hey, there's a couple of afternoon events happening over the next couple of weeks that are great. For example, uh, today, 1230, Bills are playing. Thursday afternoon, NFL football is great. Then we've got the Leafs have a 2 p.m. game tomorrow. It's a Black Friday game That's in right. Minnesota. So, all right, fine. We'll watch the Leafs at 2 p.m. How many people are leaving work early for that, too? Oh, you know they're going to. Yeah. I don't know who's playing at the World Cup tomorrow, but it's going to be a clash of the TVs mm-hmm. in sports bars. Sports bars. Yeah, good luck to you guys. It's true. You used to work in a bar. Did people ever ask if you could put certain things on the yes. TV? Or is it, does it come down from corporate what has to be on? No, I, I do recall we would be able to change the channel as long as we had it, which you usually do. If you if you have a bar, you hopefully get the package where you can play all kinds of different sports. But yeah, people could request it. They were always afraid to. And we were like, why? You're paying money. If you The longer you sit here and more money you spend is good for the business. So, of course, they want to keep you. So, if that means you want to watch this game and this person wants to watch that game, that's why there's so many damn TVs so that they can appeal to everybody. 
And that's exactly what the sports bars will be doing. So I'll tell you a quick story before we go on. I was in a restaurant once and they had a Leaf game on. It was a close game, like three minutes left in the third, tied. It was back and forth, but it was on the TV behind me. So I asked Ah. the server, hey, do you think we could put the Leaf game on that TV? Because if there's 20 TVs in this room, there's only two of them that aren't on the Leaf game. And that happens to be one of them. She said, we lost the remotes about a year ago and can't change the channel. <laughs> oh, it's just no. on TSN or Sportsnet all the time because no they way. lost the remote and they don't know how to change the channel. Wow. And I thought to myself, that sucks. There's got to be a button on the actual TV. Like, just get me a ladder and I'll fix this for you. But I decided I wasn't going to do that. I ended up switching places with people at the table with me. Somebody's got to move. That's easier. I, I just want to watch the last three minutes of this game. The Can't you just get like a universal remote and fix that problem? You'd think you You could, right? If you're that bar, I mean, or that restaurant, you'd think like, hey, here's an easy fix. Margins are real tight, Kat. Yeah, they are. Margins are real real tight. How do I know their budget? Uh, Yesterday, I knew that this week was going to be great at the inquiry into the use of the Emergencies Act, and it has not let down. I don't think these ministers knew when they were doing it at the time that when the inquiry happens, and it's mandatory, they must have known that if they invoke the Emergencies Act, there's going to be an inquiry. It's mandatory. I don't think they knew that their text messages were going to get used in this. Right. And some of them look mortified that their texts between each other as colleagues are now in the public Mm -hmm. realm. A couple of things came out yesterday. At one point, one of the bureaucrats suggested that after they invoke the Emergencies Act, they needed to find somebody from the RCMP or the Canadian Armed Forces to come out and do a news availability because, and I quote, we politicians have pissed away all of our credibility. Okay, that's a refreshing take. And and at the time, with a lot of people, they had. The one that's really getting to a lot of people, though, is a text exchange between the Attorney General, David Lametti, who was on the stand yesterday, and the Public Safety Minister, Marco Mendicino. Lametti said that the Chief of Police in Ottawa, Peter Slowly, is incompetent. Ooh. He actually called him incompetent. This is the justice minister calling the chief of police during a crisis incompetent. Now, I'm not saying he's right or wrong, but that was bold for him to say. Sure. He then said, you guys got to get on this. People are looking for leadership. You guys got to take care of this. Could we send in the armed forces or something to that effect? And Marco Mendicino wrote back and said, I'll ask Anita, how many tanks do you want? And he wrote back, I think one, or I reckon one will be enough. Now, later on, the defense minister, Mm -hmm. Anita Anand, came out and said he wasn't serious. A lot of people aren't taking it that way. The last time tanks were used on a civilian population goes back to Tiananmen Square. We don't send tanks in to deal with trucks that are parked illegally. So could they have been joking? Was there like an LOL emoji, like a little laugh out loud cry face or anything like that? No. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Nothing. Nothing. There was No indication that it was. So, I mean, I am fairly reasonable. I can look at that and say, I mean, he was probably kidding. If you're the justice minister, though, in a national crisis, do you really make that joke about using tanks on the public? And and it's really not playing very well. So he got criticized for that. And, And the other part of it, too, is in case you didn't understand this from the limited news that you heard today, is the government had been told by CSIS that this does not meet the threshold for declaring an emergency. 
But then the CSIS director was given a legal opinion mm-hmm. that you could interpret the law differently. Well, that legal opinion would have come from the Justice Department, and the Justice Minister is the head of the Justice Department. He's essentially Canada's lawyer. He then is bound by attorney-client privilege. And, and he was asked several times, including by the lawyer for the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, what was this legal advice? What interpretation of the law were you using to justify this after you were already told it doesn't meet the threshold? He wouldn't say. He cited attorney-client privilege. Hmm. And, and not to say that he's done anything wrong there, because there is. Which you can do, right? You, I mean, that's what you can do. You can right? totally do that. And there is a confidence between someone and their lawyer. And, and the lawyer for the Canadian Civil Liberties Association said, well, who is the client? If this is attorney-client privilege, who's the client? He said, well, it's the government of Canada. By extension, then, wouldn't we, the people, be able to have access to that? The government's not really supposed to keep secrets from the people, particularly in a process that's meant to promote transparency. So there's a lot of questions around that because the whole reason that they invoke the Emergencies Act or that they were able to is because of this legal interpretation. But he won't tell us what it is or who gave the opinion. And he doesn't have to. So a lot of people are very frustrated at what came out yesterday. Uh, Today, the Deputy Prime Minister, Christian Freeland, is going to be questioned. And then tomorrow, they've sectioned off the entire day of testimony just for Justin Trudeau. Really? Trudeau is going to be on the stand for several hours through several breaks. Actually, today, I believe, some of his key aides, like Katie Telford, are going to take the stand. Um, Can you remind me, because I believe so far, though, it has actually not, it's gone in his favor so far, the testimony from what we can tell, correct? Like, just based on what I've been seeing um, on Twitter is that I know the hashtags are all fucked and who knows who's tweeting what. But Justin Trudeau was right, you know, was was trending. And then I, I took a look at that. And it seems as though, because, I, again, I know you've been paying re- very close attention to this. Yeah. Do you think he already has been mostly cleared of any actual wrongdoing so well, far? Okay, so great question. The way I see this is the other day when the head of CSIS testified was the best possible scenario for Justin Trudeau. Mm-hmm. Up until now, or up until then, it really looked like This was a vanity project. It was decided in late January, weeks before they actually declared the emergency, that they were going to use the Emergencies Act if this dragged on. So that's totally contrary to everything all of the other ministers told us. We found that out yesterday. When the director of CSIS testified, Justin asked him what he thought, and the head of CSIS said, I think you should invoke the Emergencies Act. Okay. Okay, so that's Justin's get-out-of-jail-free card. Right there. Figuratively. We would be all over this man. We would climb up one side of him and down the other if he was given advice from the director of intelligence for the whole country and did not take that advice, and this went south. People would have crucified him. So he took the advice. Well, maybe that exonerates the prime minister. But where did the head of CSIS get this advice from? Well, that goes back to yesterday. Who told you that you could ignore the law? Because the director of CSIS himself said, no, this does not Mm. meet the criteria. But, Justin, if you want, you can do it anyway, because I've got a different legal opinion that says you don't have to follow the law. Mm. You can do this. And it didn't go through Parliament. It didn't go to the courts. Nothing. Granted, it was 
a very fast-moving, fluid situation, but there was no oversight at all. They just essentially changed the law on the fly. Now, that doesn't mean Justin's off scot-free, just because he was told to do it by the director of CSIS, because we still need to know what this opinion was, who gave the opinion, why the director of CSIS would in one sentence say this is illegal, but in another sentence say do it anyway. It really seems like there was a lot of winks and nods, like they were following the procedure in that, no, we can't direct the police, but... You guys are going to go in there. You're going to commandeer some tow trucks. You're going to tow them out of there, right? Aren't you? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it seems like there was a lot of that. I don't know that Justin's going to wear this. I'm not sure that anybody can predict the outcome at this point, but someone's going to be in a lot of shit because now there's no denying there was no legal basis for doing this. There was nothing that said it could have or should have been done. Uh, We're also going to find out today when the deputy prime minister and finance minister testifies about whether or not she was being vindictive. The Emergencies Act did give police a whole bunch of extra tools. Well, apparently, the finance minister, Christia, sent out a list to the banks of specific trucking companies that she wanted targeted and also told whether or not they got the CERB, or Mm. not the CERB, the wage subsidy. There was a lot of shady stuff happening in the background or stuff that appears shady that questions need to be answered about, and I think today is going to be great tomorrow is going to be legendary. A sitting prime minister on the stand. I don't know. There's something about that that just, it's weird and it's kind of surreal, but it's important. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. There's a reason that he's testifying on a Friday. There's a reason that he's testifying on Black Friday. There are so many other things distracting us tomorrow that they're hoping we won't pay too close attention to whatever goes on with the prime minister. But doesn't like the court set that up? That's not like, or what did he give an availability? Is that what you're leaning towards? This is the day he was available. Gotcha. And this is uh, the government's own inquiry. So they can basically set the, the timetable however they want. And it's not just Justin. They all do it. We all know Doug Ford waits till a Friday to bury bad news because by the time the weekday media cycle picks up again, it's old news. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We absolutely know how that works. So could be a thing. A listener sent me a link to something. And because I was watching the Freedom Inquiry yesterday or the Freedom Convoy Inquiry, I didn't get a chance to watch any of this, but it was streaming if anyone wanted to see it. And it's on YouTube. Uh, do you remember Andrew Shear? He was running for prime minister yeah. at one point. He was the yes. former Speaker of the House. I remember that guy. So he's still around. He keeps getting reelected. And, and yesterday, he was invited to come into the Standing Committee on Finance. Because yesterday, that son of a bitch Tiff Macklem was there again. <laughs> and I think when they find out Tiff's going to be somewhere, everybody wants to get in the room and ask this guy questions. So I'm going to play just a little bit of what happened yesterday at the I never thought we'd play audio from a standing committee on finance, but this is really well done. Here's Minister, Minister? No, Member of Parliament, Andrew Scheer. And you've Uh, got five minutes. Thank you very much. I just want to pick up on a a line of questions from my colleague, uh, Mr. Singh. Uh, You're talking about your message to employers and 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 workers asking for wage increases and i just want to make sure i understand this right what you're saying is that inflation isn't going to stick around forever so before you go and ask for big wage increases just keep that in mind you wouldn't want uh wage increases to put pressure on inflation staying high is that is that a good I'm summation saying plan on inflation coming down okay but when inflation comes down though it doesn't mean prices necessarily come down it just means prices go up slower correct okay so workers would still lose on the difference between what they're being paid today and what those prices will be in the future. They're not going to drop below where they are today. Um, Well, 
Yes. When, <laughs> confusion? Confusion. Uncertainty. Oh, fuck. I'm what about to go where they told me not to go. <laughs> Shit. Control inflation. We don't have a price level target. We have an inflation right. target. Just, so we're trying to get the rate of increase of inflation back. But inflation is defined as prices going up. So they are, they are linked. I just wanted to, to make that point because... Uh, your message to employers and workers is, is, to, is to basically exercise restraint so as not to uh, contribute to inflationary pressures. In 2021, the Bank of Canada gave $18.4 million worth of bonuses to its own staff. Were, were those bonuses, would you consider those bonuses to staff working at the bank contributing to inflation? Um, well, I actually think the Bank of Canada has been, been pretty restrained. Oh, but, 25. Uh, uh, the senior deputy governor bitch. can take you through. Uh, it's just a matter of opinion. Do you think they added to inflation? I wanted your opinion. No, I don't think that added to inflation. Okay. Oh, that Have you didn't received a bonus inflation. yourself since March no. 2020? I, I, in fact, I'm uh, per the uh, <clears throat> legislation under which I'm appointed. Um, I, I have no ability to get a bonus. Okay. Um, you talked about the bank's negative position. Uh, I just want to make sure I understand this properly. Uh, the bank is losing money because it has to pay interest on the settlement accounts and now that the rates have gone up the interest payments are greater than what the bank receives from the government for the bond rate itself is that correct yes so the what we're paying in interest on our settlement balances uh, which are our uh, liabilities is larger than the interest we're receiving on our assets which are largely government of canada bonds okay and who's receiving those higher interest payments uh those would be the large financial institutions that have accounts with the bank that's correct so the big five canadian banks would be included in that uh, yes a bit more than that but yes okay but but they are included in that yes okay and so they're so so they're getting paid more than uh what the bank is receiving in the in the payment who covers the the, the delta on that uh, is that just do you just write them an iou do you create more money to pay them uh um, where does the money come to uh cover those losses right so <clears throat> as as the senior governor was just explaining there are different possible solutions to that problem right. uh the it's ultimately a decision of the government how that uh, gets resolved so this is our independent bank of canada but it's up to the government right okay you're starting to see that there's not really and truly independent bank of canada um they could the government could indemnify us so in other words you'd, instead of us making a remittance there'd be a reverse remittance uh there could be uh, the fed uses a, a deferred asset accounting solution or um the other solution would be to change our legislation and allow us to uh, basically run a deficit for a period and then use so, the surpluses, the future surpluses, to repay that deficit. But bar barring a legislative change, the government of Canada will have to bail out the Bank of Canada for its need to pay large financial institutions higher interest payments. The Bank of Canada can continue to operate. There does need to be a solution to this problem, and we, we expect one is, okay. is coming. Um, when the bank was involved in the uh, government bond purchase program, the bank was buying the bonds off the secondary market. But the government was selling them. The, uh, as, as the bank was buying them, the government was selling them. Who sells those bonds into the, into the market? Uh, well, we are the agent of the government of the bank. Canada. <laughs> the government issues the debt, so we, we issue it on behalf of the government. Okay, of so the bank was selling it on behalf of the government and then buying it back. <laughs> When was the price identical between what the bank was selling uh, the government's the, bond for the, the and what they were buying The prices won't be identical, but they'll be, they're pretty close because it's a competitive market. We, we issue, both of these things are run in competitive auctions. Uh, there's, there's, 
there's strong competition. So, um, you, you know, the prices are every auction is going to be a little bit different because of competitive process. Listen to this son of a bitch spin shit. If you listen to that and think, you know what, we've got a pretty steady hand on the till there running the Bank of Canada then I don't think you were listening to that because this man is so far out of touch. And it was a great article today in the Toronto Star. The Star said that in October, interest payments in Canada went up at the fastest rate. Sorry, mortgage costs in Canada went up at the fastest rate since the 90s when our, our housing system completely collapsed. That's where we are right now. Interest rates going up at the same rate as in the 90s when we had the financial collapse. And they say it's not going to happen here. They won't even acknowledge we're in a recession. Did, did, does he take uh, interviews at all? Tiff? Yeah. I assume not. Like he, from he, general media like uh, you or me, for example. Because, God, that would be funny to watch. Can you imagine? And listen to. You know, Tiff, I think, will sit down and do interviews, the real friendly ones. You know, he'll sit down with the CBC or he'll sit down with, with the ones where he knows there's not going to be any tr- tough questions or any tricky ones. No one that's going to paint him into a corner gotcha, or yeah. call him out on his bullshit, even though he totally needs to be called out on his bullshit. Uh, before the entire middle class is gone and bankrupt and homeless, somebody needs to call this this guy out on his bullshit. He uh, he fumbled and stumbled through that whole thing yesterday. He is clearly not liking the scrutiny from members of parliament that just want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of people wondering, how many people are going to lose their home between now and April? It's a scary thought. But there's so many of them, and the bank won't say a number because they're still trying to create this narrative that everything is good. We mm-hmm. might end up in a recession next year, but for now, everything is fine. That's what they're trying to spin. And what's crazy is there's some people that believe it, that look around, and even though they can see with their own eyes, mm-hmm. rates going up, people going to food banks, highest food bank use in, in Canadian history as far as I know, and, and they see all these signs, parents telling kids Santa's not coming this year, all that shit. He, they can see that with their own eyes, but they hear this loser say stuff like that and think, oh, well, I mean, I guess this is just the way it has mm-hmm. to be. Well, I guess I'll just go and live in a box on the corner because my house yeah. is going to be foreclosed upon. And, and they're just trusting this guy. And I honestly don't understand why because he's a shady son of a bitch. It's crazy. But anyway, that's the Bank of Canada. You can go back and hear more from past episodes about that. But keep an eye on this guy. I, I really think that people should keep an eye on this guy and, and try and figure out what's going on. Because it does seem like the intent is to squeeze out the middle class. So we have two. You're either poor or you're rich. And There's no it. more just regular yeah. Canadians that you know have a joint household income of, I don't know, between eighty dollars and $120,000. That was majority of the country for a mm-hmm. long time. That's gone because that eighty to dollars to $120,000 now is not nearly enough to afford the cost of living. So, I mean, this guy is, is messed up. There is a holiday tradition that gets underway today, Kat, and, and it's a little bit of good news and something to look forward to. The CP holiday train is going to get oh, rolling. Oh, fun. It's been uh, pre-COVID since we had the holiday train. 2019 was the last time it rolled through. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's reasonable. We, we couldn't have the train bringing COVID into all of our communities. It was far, far, far too dangerous <laughs> for us to was, go stand that's outside. It was spraying. It was spraying COVID. Yeah, I mean, outside in the spring. Oh, my God. It's amazing more people didn't die. You know, we had to keep the COVID under control so nobody gets to see a train go by. Well, it's going by now, and I think that's a great thing. It gets to tour the country, and when I was reading the itinerary, it starts today in Lac-McGinty, Quebec, 
On December the 18th, it wraps up the Canadian portion in Port Coquitlam, B.C. Okay. It's got hundreds of thousands of Christmas lights on it. How cool would that be to be on the train? I like driving on roads that I've never driven on before because I get to see parts of Ontario or Canada that I've never seen. Do you know what you would see from a train? Some areas that almost nobody sees. Who's on the train? Like, I mean, aside from the, con- obviously there's going to be conductor, potentially two, two um, because you're, that's going to be rolling for a while. But is there anything else? Any passengers on it or anything like that? There's musical guests. There's there is some. Musical guests. I think they hop on and off though, right? They Depending do. on the area. It's not like they're going to take the whole tour. Uh, that's neat, though. I picture just like polar bears on it and shit like that. Tom huh. Hanks is a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is going to stop in communities all across the country. If you get a chance to see it, it's nice. And the best part is it's free. Yeah, that's great. Very few things in this world that are still free. Truth. Did you watch the Raptors game last night? I did. Is Jack Armstrong a national treasure or is he a national he's treasure? He's the best. I mean, he's not He's not uh, Canadian born, but it doesn't matter. Like, that man needs to be protected. He's, uh, yeah, he's great. So Drake rolled into the, the Raps game, as he usually does, you know, waited uh, till the game started a little bit, and then he rolls into his seat. That's what he does. But But he was turning heads because of what he was wearing. Let me try to, in case you haven't seen it, let me try to give you a visual of what Drake was wearing to the game. So he had a coat on. And it was a fuzzy white, off-white coat and attached to... Fuzzy or furry? Furry. It was, a, furry. was it real fur? Was, like, is this going to be a big no, thing? No, no, because I think it was the <clears throat> fuzz or fur of a teddy bear. Oh, okay. Because he had two teddy bears sewn into either side of in his breast area. Two full teddy bears were sewn onto the jacket... And he was just strolling in casually, and it had a big hood. And, yeah, I mean, people had questions. I thought it was a lady's coat, to be honest with you. You thought it was a lady's coat. When okay. I saw it, I thought, oh, he's wearing a women's coat. Strange. And he sewed some uh, some bears into it. Interesting. Weird look for Drake, but okay. I, I don't know if he did that or if it comes like that. So I... Comes like that? He didn't buy listen, that off the rack. I was gook. <laughs> Do you think he sewed it in? I don't think he sewed it in, but I don't think he bought it like that, did he? Uh, I'm Googling to try to find out about this coat, and I guarantee you it's going to be like some form of an expensive bear coat. It's it's the weirdest thing. Okay, it's weird, all right? Like, I'm I'm into whatever someone wants to wear is cool. I don't know if he was, maybe his kid was like, hey, dad, (laughs) you know what would be cool? If you wore teddy bears. And then he was like, yeah. Okay, Adonis, let me go buy some teddy bears and sew it on a jacket. I really don't know. Did he mention it yesterday? Not really, but you know what happened? Jack Armstrong wanted to try it on, so he did. And he was in one at one point looking at a play with a serious look on his face, Jack Armstrong was, with his teddy bear coat on him. And it was the funniest fucking thing I've seen in a long time. Just like this guy who's trying to take his job seriously, he's looking at a play or replay, whatever it was, and he's got this big ass coat on. It's fantastic. If you had put a hat, like a a, a a dress hat on Jack while he was wearing that coat, he would have either looked like a pimp on Halloween or he would have looked like the Godfather. I mean, it was it was almost made for him. Minus the teddy bears. I probably could have done without the teddy bears. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, let's play a little bit of Jack and Drake last night on the Raptors broadcast. And and how what do you think of the coat with <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It's it's like 
<laughs> it's change. It's change. You're changing. You're, yeah. evo you're, you're evolving. It's, you you're know evolving. What? That is a great point. He is. He you're evo evolving. He evolved literally over the last three minutes yeah. since he put it on. That's like, it's a meme, like, listens to her loss once. And then <laughs> cuts to Jackie Boy and the Teddy and the Teddy Bird. Well, the it's Teddy, I'm rolling. I'm rocking it. <laughs> see you changing you're changing right now it's good i wonder if the raptor wanted to eat the bears Ooh, interesting that'd be the kind of carnage that you don't typically see at a raptors game uh while we're watching sport or talking sports did you watch team canada yesterday no neither did i no i heard they lost though and then I was like, no, that sucks. And then I heard they didn't even score one goal. And I went, no, that's why I don't like soccer. It's and then we heard they've never scored a goal. <laughs> yeah, never, never. Yeah. It, it, hopefully they at least score a goal. Should that be our goal? That the team at least scores a goal on Sunday? I think a good goal is, yes, obviously to score a goal. But I also think part of the goal should be just to not finish last in their pool. That too. Yeah. That would be nice. Hey, it is, like we said yesterday, a big deal that we're there. I wanted to get into it, just didn't, ended up with a busy day, and I really didn't care at the time because I was content to find out the score afterwards. But I think Sunday is going to be a big day. Sunday, it's a weekend, people are off, the Bills have already played, CFL's done. There's not a lot of other options. So I think Sunday, a lot of people are going to sit in Canada and watch a soccer game, and I kind of like that. Yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of shit to watch in general, Scott. Like a lot of stuff this weekend because it's a long weekend in the States. That's why. So they drop a bunch of shit everywhere. There's sports galore, as you mentioned, but there's also like stuff on street. There's streaming and there's stuff in theaters. Things are happening. Did you see the Renos they're doing at Rogers Center? They've basically gutted the Rogers Center where the Jays play. Yeah, I've, so I've, I've been trying to keep track of that because I do like watching the actual process. Now, they've already released these photos of what it's going to look like, right? This visual of this is what it's going to be like. An artist rendering. A, a render, that's yes. right. And so that looks cool to me, but I do like to see the process of it. I love to watch how bang on it is based on the renderings. And usually it is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm excited. Based on the renders and stuff like that, I, I'm, I think it's going to be, this is so needed as anyone who's ever stepped foot in that place knows. I mean, the other option was to, was to tear the thing down or do something else with it and build a new one. So we all know this is needed. I mean, I'm still on team rip it down and build a modern stadium with a fully mm -hmm. retractable roof or no roof at all. But I will say this. As great as it looks, and it was neat yesterday to see them, like, driving bulldozers on the concourse. You wouldn't see that in very many buildings. A bulldozer rolling around mm -hmm. inside, but, hey, Rogers Center is a lot of concrete. It can handle it. What I didn't see, though, and it's the one thing missing that would make Rogers Center so much better and so much more accessible for the rest of the people. A ghost station. They need to get a go station at Rogers Center. Mm -hmm. and, and I know that what they say, yeah, yeah, you just take the go and, and you end up at Union and it's a short walk to Rogers Center. It's not that short a walk. It's tedious. It is kind of tedious, especially if you're going to an event or something in the colder months. Fuck, it sucks. Yeah. If I, here's my ideal. I want to be able to jump on the go train, leave my coat in the car, get off the go train, watch my event, get back on the go train, get in my car. I don't want to bring my coat with me. And if it's at Scotiabank, you don't need to. You're indoors the entire time. When you're not on the train, mm -hmm. you get off at Union, which goes right into Scotiabank Arena. It should do that at Rogers Center, too. Yeah. It would make life so That'd much easier if they just created a go stop. Um, the other problem, too, is it's not close. There's a bit of a walk. But when people are going the other way, 
the upstream, downstream walkers. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's impossible to get anywhere. It's like gridlock and people are walking, not even driving. Yeah. And then they've got like these areas where you can go through like a tunnel almost like at some, some people are doing it. Some people aren't. And like you said, it's like some people are going this way and that way. You're Sometimes you're forced onto a road. It's that crazy. Yeah. It depends on what's happening or what just got out or is about to happen. But like, there's been times where I'm like, I think I'm going to get hit by a car or a bus or something. This is ridiculous. Look out if yeah. you have to go towards Rogers Center when there's a lot of people leaving Rogers Center or there's an event at the convention center because it's just not going anywhere. There will literally be thousands of people at one intersection waiting for a light to change. There needs to be a better way. And don't tell me the stupid skywalk because I can't even find it. I... Uh- <laughs> You can't find it? I don't know. There's signs. I just didn't feel compelled I've to follow changed, them. I've changed so much because of the ridiculousness that is downtown Toronto. So it has to be worth it for me, and I have to be able to stay over there. That's the only way I'll do it. Really? If it's walkable. Uh, yeah. I don't like parking down there. I don't like having to walk many blocks to get to where I'm going. So concert, expo, uh, any number of reasons why I might find myself in Toronto, I stay overnight, and that's that. We're going to roll, everybody. Have yourselves a great one. Tomorrow is the Black Friday edition of After 9. Dave, I'm not sure if he's going to join us or not because he told me he was going to take his equipment to do it from Detroit, but he's in Detroit to watch the Bills-Lions game today. Okay, so he's staying over there tonight? Yes. And then may or may not join us tomorrow? I don't know. He (laughs) could come home uh, unless he wants to shop. Or he has a laptop and his microphone, so he could do it from there. But I don't know if he wants to wake up his wife and unborn child. So, all kinds of fun. Oh, yeah. Do you want to wake up the pregnant wife is a good question to ask yourself. I mean, how dumb are you is the question that would happen after that. The answer is always no. You're going to be very, very quiet and let her sleep. Yeah. We'll find out tomorrow. We're likely won't talk to Dave tomorrow. (laughs) Is what we're trying to say. Have a great one, everybody. Bye. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.